August 30th, 2018, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference. The first and only live conference 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership, as well as a track for individual sales development representatives, including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to tenboundcom conference to get your tickets today. That's tenboundcom conference. You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at TenBound.com, David Delaney. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. This is your host, David Delaney. I am very, very honored and excited to have my next guest on the show, Mr. Olivier Lobb with G2 Crowd. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, David. Oh, man. I am so excited to get you on the show. Olivier and I go way back, all the way back to Glassdoor, where you know we made great things happen for that company, and hopefully something's going to happen to that company soon because you know we're waiting. Come on, uh, <laughs> I, any day now. I've been hearing this for five years, but any day now. I've, I've heard, I've heard, I have heard that for five years. Um, I'm still waiting, but anyways, great company. Everybody uses it. Olivier came in and just made a big splash. I mean, I have to say, top salesperson at Glassdoor, rose through the ranks, and now is over at G2 Crowd. Olivier, tell us about yourself and how you came to run you know, your current position over at G2 Crowd. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. So essentially, my background early in my career was, was boiler room. So I, I, I basically, <laughs> this is like early 2000s after college, I was, I was dialing for dollars at uh, Morgan, uh, well, it was Smith Barney, now it's Morgan Stanley, they got acquired. But essentially, I would just call people after the bubble burst and ask them, hey, how's it going? Based on the research I've done, you should be rich on paper and we should chat. And I had a a lot of people. Yeah, I know, right? And I had a lot of people like, dude, I lost all my money and, you know, dot-com bubble, all this. So I got really good to talking to people on the phone. And that was my first, you know, sales job essentially I had was, was dialing for dollars at Morgan Stanley, and then I didn't really like it, so I went into uh, worked at Paychecks, and I ended up spending five years there, and I got really good at selling, you know, to business owners, very transactional, and got pretty good at sales there. And then I decided, given I was in Bay Area, to you know, let's give tech a shot. And I was introduced to Glassdoor. I knew somebody that worked there. Shout out to Brittany, and Brittany was like, "Oh, you got to come in," and so I came in, and uh, I worked there for two years. A little over two years, and that's when I'm with David uh, and a few others like Clay, who's who's my VP of Sales here at G2 Crowd, and I learned how to you know sell to the enterprise, and I um, it was a it was a very fun ride. But I wanted to do a little more, and I wanted to like join a younger business, take a chance, and I took a chance on a company called Flip Top. 
Some of you guys might know them. Uh, they were pretty early in the space for predictive lead scoring, and they were competing with companies like Infer and, and Lattice Engines and things like that. And so worked there for about a year and a half and scaled the, the business from pretty much you know no customers to above 50, and uh, we got acquired by LinkedIn. And then I took a couple months off and I was introduced to G2 Crowd. And I was like, huh, that's a really interesting business. It kind of merges my background, which is you know selling to predictive lead scoring, which is to marketers, with Glassdoor, which was you know selling transparency and the power of reviews. And this is a wave of the future. People are making decisions based on peer reviews. And so it was merging those together. And I was very impressed with the executive team, you know, Godard, Abel, and Tim handorf and um, the rest of the crew and so i uh, came to um, g2 crowd and that's about two and a half years ago no it's amazing it, you know just looking at this because there's you can kind of follow people as they go through and i i remember when you came into glassdoor there's a big splash because suddenly somebody could figure out how to sell <laughs> like what we were doing and, and bring in some big deals and it was like whoa this guy is like on fire and then and then there was flip top and g2 crowd so it's like just tracking your progress has been amazing and then getting involved with g2 crowd it's an amazing company in that you know it's really taking on some of the old school players like gartner and forrester nothing against those guys but you know it's it's adding transparency so how did you meet the team there and then what are they doing yeah. What do you mean by how did I meet the team? The Yeah. Godard, is that his name? Yeah. Right? Yep. Godard, Godard yeah. uh, is co-founder, Tim. Uh, there's a few others. There's Mark Myers as well. who's a chief okay. product officer and the Mike Wheeler, who's their CTO as well. And so essentially the team was introduced to me via recruiters. What's interesting is, is Glassdoor, I got through a recruiter, Flip-Top, I got through a recruiter. So I've used recruiters to find jobs and I was just introduced and I was going through a lot of interviews. But what really drew me is, you know, one is they're disrupting a space. And I, I always like, you know, to be the underdog and go after, you know, you know, a big incumbent and basically try to stick it to them and, you know, make this <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay. yeah. I like going into battle and you know, Braveheart style. But you are, really, you're, you're combative. I, I, I can be. And I think that's, that's part of the reason I think I've been able to have a little success in my career. But essentially, I like bringing, making our vision here. And, you know, the first value we have is, you know, help people make better buying decisions. Right. right? So our site is free for users. So if you are looking to you know, buy software, marketing automation, CRM, a, you know, business intelligence tool, you come to our site, you can peruse it, you can read all the reviews, it's all free. And right. uh, now what we had to figure out when I came on board is how do we get vendors to pay us? You know, to use this because there's a lot of buyers coming here and I want to engage directly with these buyers, right? And I want to present content to them so they can click it and become leads. Or I just want to track the behavior of these buyers, which is our buyer intent, and then basically understand pretty effectively, like, what is that company interested in? Right. What companies are they evaluating? What categories of software are they evaluating? And how can I get access to this? Because, as you know, right, buyers are a lot more educated now. Uh, because of the internet, right? You just go online and you're going to do some keyword searches and you're going to figure out pretty quickly, like, all right, these are the two or three companies I want to buy from right. that have, you know, that can help me with a specific need or problem that I'm trying to fix. And so okay. what we're doing is we're helping buyers, you know, be able to get, cut through all the fluff 
and not be influenced by analyst reports from Gartner, right? I think their business model made a lot of sense 30 years ago, but now with all the information around, I'd rather read a review based on somebody that I know that uses a software and make a decision based on that then do it on a report, a Gartner report that's three years old, where you know that some of the people that you know look good in that report were influenced by the amount of money they spent with Gartner. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm I'm a I'm a buyer of some kind of product, right? And I'm sitting there, you go onto Amazon and you read all the reviews and you go on to Glassdoor before you take an interview. So your G2 crowd is kind of like, okay, I know that I have a problem. I want to see who are the two or three top players? Who should I be talking to? Who has the most reviews and stuff like that? And you start to gather that information, right? Yes. And there's also, you know, on the flip side, you know, we have quadrants as well, which we call grids, and you can see who's a leader, high performer, so on and so forth. Now, the other thing I think is important is when you're reading reviews, right, you want to know the good, but you also want to know the bad, right? And I think it's important, you know, some of the largest, you know, vendors on our site to have like 10,000 reviews, like a Slack, right, or, you know, a Salesforce. They have one-star reviews and two-star reviews, right? And the thing is, if I'm going to buy something and spend a lot of money doing so, I want to make sure I know, like, what are the issues that could arise? In some cases, I don't care, right? But I want to know what those are. And so that's, you know, bringing transparency to the decision-making process. And I think that's crucial. Why? I mean, you know, why do people write reviews? I mean, I, I feel like as a consumer, I can just talk to myself. It's if I'm really happy with what I'm the product, then I'll go and put a five-star review and talk about how great they are. Or if I'm really pissed off, I'll give them a one. But I, I, why, why would people, in your opinion, go on and write a review? Yeah, so there's really three buckets here. So the, if we go back to glass or glass yeah. door days, right? Right. Which, it, you know, the, the people listening today is basically it's a gift to get model at Glassdoor. Mm. If you want to use Glassdoor, you got to create an account and you have to leave a review. And then the site is free, but it's a gift to get. A G2 are a little bit different. We've tested with get, gift to get, but pretty much it's free and you don't have to leave a review. There's three main buckets that people you know fall in at G2 specifically. One is we have an outreach team. There's a team of like 20, 30 people, and their job is to engage online with individuals and ask them to leave reviews. Sometimes they'll you know offer a $5, $10 gift card uh, for Starbucks for thanking them for their time because the review process here is can be lengthy. In some cases, it'll take about 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes to leave a review because you'll leave you know, what you like about the product, what you don't like, and advice. And that's all free form. Uh, but behind that, then we start asking questions about the features and functions and implementation and usability and all that. And we can ask like 10 to you know 20 questions, depending on how many questions the, the buyer uh, or the reviewer will leave with us. And that's what we create our reports from. So it's very important. So the outreach team is crucial to getting reviews in and engaging with people online and in different forms, online forms. The second piece is vendors, right? A vendor comes, you know, becomes a partner of G2 Crowd. They brand their profile. They make it look good. They put content there. And then they will go to their customer marketing team or their customer success team and say, listen, we want to get reviews on G2 Crowd. And then they will bring their customers to leave reviews and they will, you know, and then sometimes we also offer a gift card in that case where we thank them for their time. And then the third is organic. There's just people out there that love giving reviews, right? You just look at Yelp, right? And that's something that, you know, people love to go to Yelp. And so we're looking and considering new ways to gamify, right, the, the review process. So there's a couple of things that, you know, we're, we're currently evaluating, which hopefully will, will come out later this year, but we 
appreciate everyone that comes to our site and leaves a review. And some people are more inclined to do so than others. Do you write reviews yourself? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's either I'm really happy and I want to, I, I was, I had a great experience and I want to like give props to the vendor. So I go out and I put five stars, you know, and then, or I'm pissed off. So it's, it's almost like an emotional thing that drives my review behavior. And I don't know if that's, if that's the usual thing. I'm a, you know, the case study of one, but that's just how I, you know, deal with those review sites. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so from a, you know, from a sales development perspective, do you have a, like an SDR BDR team and how did they use that product? Because it seems like it's a perfect situation where there's somebody out there who has a pain point, right? And they're going onto your site and they're looking at these various, the top three or four vendors and you want somebody from the SDR team to reach out to them and say, Hey, like I, I, saw that you were looking at these like why don't you look at ours yeah so there's so one thing is on our site we have forty thousand different products i think maybe 42 now and we have five thousand different categories so we do reviews for b2b software and b2b services and we're diving more and more into the services but that's how it's structured so if you are a vendor and you have a new startup and you have you know, you know a handful of customers, you can go to G2 Crowd and add your product yourself. And then it will be vetted by our BDR team and our research team. And then we'll get back to you and say, you know, would you like you know advice on how to gather reviews? And we have a freemium offering. And our BDRs are really there to educate vendors about you know the benefits of one, being on our site, two, getting reviews. And then three, if you want to engage and learn more about how we can influence you know revenue and pipeline, then at that point, they'll go ahead and and book a meeting for the account executives. So when I Got came it. on board, we had like six salespeople, maybe seven, and one BDR. So the ratio, and the BDR had only been there for a couple months. And at my last startup at Flip-Top, I was big on BDRs because when you and I were at uh, Glassdoor in the early days, right? We didn't have BDRs when I arrived until you 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 started that team. And so I really believed in BDRs after seeing what you were able to establish there at, at Glassdoor. So when I went to Flip-Top, I was like, I want BDRs. So I hired my ratio for a while was like two BDRs to one account executive. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Just you know, especially when I was, you know, closing the majority of the deals. I just like I just needed somebody to, you know, book meetings for me. Cause I think it's it makes a lot of sense to bring in young people teach them about sales, you know, get good habits, book meetings. And once they get good at booking meetings, then they can move on to be, you know, junior salespeople. And I love the, the mentality of, you know, you train them, they can grow from within. And I think it's really good for the culture. And so when I came on board, we only had one BDR and I went to my CEO and I was like, Tim, we need to build a BDR team. And so I had to convince them and it took a few months, but then now we have a team of around 20. And then we have around 70 people in sales right now and every account executive uh, shares a BDR with somebody else. So our ratio is two account executives to one BDR. And the BDRs book about half the meetings for the company. Okay. And then the AEs then get re referrals, yeah. work the Rolodex, that type of thing. Okay. So that's really interesting. Like how, how do you go and make a business case for a BDR team? Because I'm sure from a executive perspective, they're just like, oh, that sounds like a huge investment of people and all the tools and all that stuff. And then they're not actually closing deals. They're just setting up the appointments. I mean, from an executive perspective, that's kind of how they might look yeah. at it. How do you I, make that case? Yeah. Like the cost of goods sold is, is a little bit higher, but the, so the way that I made the case was the following one is 
I want my account executives selling as much as possible, especially the good ones, right? And it doesn't really make sense for us to pay somebody $100,000 or $150,000 a year and have them prospect half the time when I can get BDRs for around, you know, $50,000, $60,000 a year. Our BDR team, these figures are in Chicago for everyone who's listening. They're more expensive in the Bay Area where we are. So our BDR team is out of Chicago. So the way I did is like you can get two people to book meetings for one person for the same price. And that one person is focused on selling. So overall, the revenue will go up. The second thing is culture, right? I want to hire young people that are hungry. I want to teach them about sales, get them successful, and then have them move up. One example is we have somebody on our team. His name is Marty Shimon, and he came in as a BDR about a year and a half ago. He was overqualified BDR, but we didn't have any other uh, sales position available. And in the span of 18 months, was promoted three times and is now an enterprise salesperson at the company. Right? <laughs> that's amazing. I know. It's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, so, so that's really good for morale and culture, right? Yeah. We are promoting from within. And so, and we're teaching a lot of these, you know, young, you know, professional, you know, the basics of sales, and then they have an opportunity to move up. So I think it makes, it creates a good environment, a good culture, and we promote from within. So that's another thing. And okay. So on the, on the flip side though, what are the, what are the pitfalls of starting a, a BDR team? From from your perspective, like I'm sure that you got that. That was like one of the first questions that the executive said. Uh, well, okay, this is all great, but what's the downside? Well, I mean, the downside. There's a couple, right? Uh, the account executives are going to get lazy and not book their own meetings. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I mean seen it. yeah. Yeah. There's a lot so of that- finger pointing. There's a lot of finger pointing. Yeah. Right. Because they're like, well, if I had a better BDR assigned to me, I'd be making my number. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Okay. So then I put it back on on the account executives. Like, all right. So tell me about you know the issues you're having with your BDR. Well, they don't you know know who to target, who to prospect. They don't know the messaging and all of this. And I was actually took one of my account executives on a walk yesterday. She's been with us for a couple of months, and I was just checking in with her. Uh, and I was like, well, that's part of your job. But they also have a manager, right? The manager is to make sure that they know how to use the tools effectively, send out good messaging. But then it's also up to you, the account executive, to train your BDR on who to target. And so we recommend here that all our account executives and BDR communicate each day, but at least you know have a sit down every week for at least 30 to 60 minutes where they say, okay, I am going after these accounts. I want you to go after these accounts, use this mes- messaging. I'm using this messaging. And so I think the BDRs are really good at opening doors. And usually, and it depends on the quality of the BDR and how long they've been here, but usually it's more going to be like director and below. Right. And then the account executive is going in from the top, which we tend to sell to CMOs and VPs of marketing. And then hopefully it merges at some point. So I want my account executives to do the messaging at the top of the org and then the BDRs lower level. And then, you know, who can get in first is, you know, has the opportunity to help us with uh, driving a sale. August 30th, 2018, San Francisco, the Sales Development Conference. The first and only live conference 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership, as well as a track for individual sales development representatives, including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. 
Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to tenboundcom slash conference to get your tickets today. That's tenboundcom slash conference. Well, that mentorship is huge. And then, and so your expectation is, hey, the AEs, you, there is an element of prospecting. There's always going to be in your job. It's just that it's at a higher level and you're coordinating with the BDR. Yes. And then we, like, we had our sales kickoff, uh, our, our fiscal ends in the end of January, and we gave an award to the account executive who booked the most self-generated meetings. Right. Okay. I would promote that kind of behavior because as an account executive, when I started at Glassdoor, I had no BDR. And one month I self-generated and ran 23 of my own meetings. And that was like, I was like three months in. It was like June. I remember this because I worked, you know, 12 hour days and I self-generated and ran 23 calls. New first vision calls is what we call them here. But, you know, original conversations with vendors in one month. And after that, my career just like took off because I got, you know, one, a lot of practice. But then two, I had a ton of at-bats and I was able to build pipeline, which at Glassdoor, we sold the majority of our revenue in Q4 because that's when, you know, the HR budgets came available for the following year. And so I'm... I want my reps to focus on booking meetings and have that mentality because they can do better job than the BDR, but the BDR is just there to help them get more at bats, especially at the lower functions. Right. And and so what I'm hearing is you're you're a self-starter. And and so you've been super successful throughout your career. What I'm hearing you say is you're a self-starter. You're not going to blame and finger point and all that thing. You're just going to go in and make it happen. And that's what you expect on your team. Is that right? I do. I do. And I'm, I'm actually learning quite a bit. I give some feedback to some of my reps and, and actually Godard gave me some, some advice like, you know, yesterday is like, you know, you get stuff done and you, you cut straight to the point and you're very task oriented. And I need to, as I move up now in the ranks, I need to, you know, be more people oriented and, you know, have more empathy and so on. And so those are things I'm actually working on right now. But historically, that's, you know, that's definitely what made me successful is, you know, I wake up early in the morning, I have my morning routine, and then I get to work early, and then I just plow through tasks. And that was, yeah, that's how I was really good at sales is I was very focused, you know, I had my prospecting hours, my closing hours, and uh, I was very organized. And so that's advice I have for young salespeople. You know, if you are an account executive now or you're a BDR looking to go to account executive is you will always be prospecting. No one can deliver the messaging and the value prop better than you can. So if you're going to be trying to close the deal at some point, you want to make sure that you get in there and, you know, hopefully create the opportunity. If not, you know, give a lot of credit to your, your BDR team, because I do believe, you know, business development is a very difficult job, especially that we give it to, you know, typically the most inexperienced people in the company. You know, it's, it's very rewarding when you have people that, you know, succeed at that and, uh, and go on to, you know, get promoted and be successful later. It, 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 I mean, you, you said it, it's great for the culture to see somebody who you found and you pr- promoted and they're moving up through the company and now they're really part of the family and they show that, that, that excellence, you know, can be rewarded at your organization. It's like a role model almost for, for everybody. Now I, I'm curious about this. Now you got a piece of feedback that you know you you've been super successful in the individual contributor role now as your career progresses you want to get at more of a leadership skill set and you got that feedback now what are you going to do moving forward to get the uh, you know get those those skills that you need to you know expand your career 
Yeah, so one is, you know, creating a, a feedback loop, right? So I'm getting, you know, everybody that rolls up to the, so I manage the West team. So everybody that, you know, accountant executives, SMB level, enterprise, account managers want to get feedback on, you know, what motivates them and how they want to be managed and advice that they have. So that's one, right? So having an open communication line with, with everybody in the org. The second thing is, you know, learning, either reading or watching videos or podcasts. You know, I was watching a really good video by Simon Sinek about empathy, and then I write notes about it. And then, you know, I meditate every morning. And so that's another thing is I start my day, you know, trying to, you know, have empathy and think about the things that I want to focus on as a person throughout the day that are not related to, you know, driving revenue, but just uh, being a better human. And so those are all things that, you know, I'm working on and, and taking in the feedback that I'm learning from. And you have great mentorship because you said you, you're you're interacting with the senior leadership there. And so they it sounds like they also give you some good mentorship. Yeah, I've been really fortunate. The last three companies I, I, I went to have had really good leaders. That was actually one thing that I, you know, I was looking for. When I pick a company, I usually pick uh, not just the product has to be good, but you know the company has had to have had success in the past. The leaders of the company had success in the past. So you know, Godard and and Tim, they, they, you know, they worked on big machines and and then Steelbrick and then this and then I had Doug Campbell, John at Flip So I've been very fortunate to follow leaders that had a good vision and good product, but then also had been successful in the past. I think that's one of the things that can really help young salespeople who are listening today is, you know, look for people that have had success in the past, because once you jump on that train, then your likelihood of success is much greater than somebody who's doing it for the first time. Now, oh, that being said, sure. yes. you know, there's Mark Zuckerberg, right? You know, there's other people like that, right? Uh, Jeff Bezos and so on that, you know, first time entrepreneurs that have made it big, but overall, right, the likelihood of failure in startups tends to be pretty high. So try to you know find people that have been successful so you can learn from them. Yeah, that's amazing. A guy, I was at this networking thing last night and the guy was saying he was new to his career and he was saying, do I, do I go in and even if I don't know much about the product and I'm not super passionate about it, but it's a good company and, you know, it seems like a good stable opportunity or do I hold out and get into something that I'm super passionate about and I can really get behind? And I was like, God, that's a tough one because there's also the element that you mentioned of who's running the company. You know, it, it, from my own experience, when I got involved with a company where I didn't know much about the product and I, I wasn't super passionate about the industry, but it was run by this genius who has had a track record of wins, 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 wins. And, and then I got out of that into these really crappy companies who were run, like, run into the ground, basically. And, but I was passionate about the product. And, and yep. it's like, it, that's a tough, you know, Rubik's cube that you kind of have to put together for your career. Yeah. I mean, if you're in sales, you got to really believe in what you're selling, right? Yeah. So that's the most important thing is, can you believe in this product? Because, you know, there's a lot of noise out there now, right? Breaking into, you know, accounts is much harder, you know, mm -hmm. unless you're using like buyer intent and, and like understanding the behavior of a buying process before it starts, 
If you're not doing that, then you have to like be really compelling via email and, and leaving voicemails and, and tweeting at people and LinkedIn messages. And so and then getting up in the morning, right? You get beat up at sales all day long, right? There's a lot of rejection. And I was watching a Gary V video that I shared with my team yesterday. And basically, like, you know, sales is hard. So you better like it because if you don't like it and you don't like the product, you, can't, you know, like, why do it? Yes. 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 Okay. So what are your, I'm curious about what you would say to that guy. I mean, is it go for the passion, but look for the winning team at the company too. You want to find a team or a person who's like had a track record of success, 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 and attach your, your wagon to that star. I mean, it seems like that'd be kind of hard to find. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And I mean, you know, I do believe that, you know, uh, things happen for a reason and, you know, I'm an optimist. And so, you know, that's the way I try to live my life. Now, without knowing too much here, I don't know, right? Does the guy have a, a, a mortgage and a kid, another kid on the way and all that? And in that case, like, don't, you got to take the money, right? Yeah. Stability. <laughs> but if you're younger, like I was, right? And I was, you know, even though I had a kid when I took a chance to go to Glassdoor and and I had uh, a second kid when I was a flip top, like I just wanted to get up in the morning and be excited to pursue, you know, something passion, right? Because if you do something you love, one, it doesn't feel like work. Two, it's very likely you're going to be successful because you're passionate about it and people can see it, right? There's nothing more than I like when an account executive brings me on a call and I help run the call. And then, you know, we're doing a video. We do a lot of video selling here because, you know, what we're selling is, is not tangible. It's not like a widget, right? It's not like you're going and buying marketing automation. Like you're going to pick one of 10 vendors. We're, we're taking money from different marketing strategy and things like that. So being passionate uh, really comes off well in video. And that gets people excited and they smile on the other side. And they're like, yeah, I, I love what you shared with us. And then they buy. That's that's great. And so, yeah. Find something you're passionate about. Find something you're passionate about, but look for that 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 leadership team. And, and this guy was like 23, so he he had some time. He didn't have all that all these all these chains around <laughs> our necks like us. But uh, but the one thing I wanted to ask you too is you mentioned that the BDR job is hard. You got to be passionate about it. You got to be excited. You are facing a lot of indifference and rejection. And I'm curious, like G2 Crowd is attracting people who are actually in the market right now. And so how do you guys on the BDR team use the G2 crowd information to reach out to these people and say, hey, you know, let's talk more about this? Yeah. So we, we use something called buyer intent. And this is something I, I learned about when I was Flipped Flipptop was a predictive lead scoring company. Basically, we plug in the Salesforce. We look at the historical win-loss data. We look at sociographic uh, data, firmographic data. And then we come up with these machine learning algorithms. And we tell you essentially who's going to buy, which contacts are going to buy, which accounts are going to buy. And then we help, you know, we helped our customer create target accounts based on all this data, which I thought was fascinating. And that's why I went there. The second thing, the one thing we did not have at that point is we didn't have buyer intent, which is the tracking the behavior of buyers. And that's one thing that we were able to develop here at G2 Crowd. And so essentially buyer behavior, um, the way we, we track it is we are our website and there's millions of people that come to G2 Crowd every month to buy software. And uh, they're coming to buy software and we help our customers understand the buyer intent. And we also do it for ourselves, right? So if somebody goes to a profile and then claims a profile, that will be, you know, a 
basically a trigger for a, a business development rep to go ahead and call that person and say, you just claim your profile. Thank you so much. I'd love to teach you how to update your, your profile. And then we also say, would you be interested in a consultation on how we can make, uh, give a better experience to your buyers? And so there's also our vendor page on our site, right? So we track the behavior behind our vendor solutions page. So, you know, if somebody wants to learn if they can buy a profile or they want to buy a content, they like how they look in the grid, they want to buy it, we're going to track their behavior. And then we're going to feed that information inside of Salesforce and inside our marketing automation tool so that the sales rep now knows which accounts to go after because those accounts are active, right? Yes. Uh, you want to go after accounts that are likely to be starting the research to buy something, right? So if you have, you know, a thousand accounts or 500 accounts, focus on the ones where there's activities that show that there's interest in purchasing the type of solution that you want. And so we help vendors better understand how to leverage their G2 buyer intent, but then I have my BDR team focus on who is likely to be interested in buying G2 crowd based on all of the signals that we get based on buyer behavior. Nice. Okay. And so, and so say you're a BDR or an SDR with a different company and you want to get in and use this stuff. Like what do you, what would you have to do as far as like, you know, engaging you guys? Do you have to go to your manager and ask them to call you and, and no, get in? No, no, yeah. no. I mean, so what's interesting, there's a Cisco. We're in a sales cycle with Cisco. And a salesperson at Cisco said uh, for one of the products, we keep losing deals to this company. And so they found out who the Cisco rep is at G2 Crowd. And they say, can you help me? I keep losing deals to company Y, right? And he's like, sure. I mean, I, I, I have tons of data I can share with you. So then we started sharing data with this account executive. Now he goes to you know his boss and his boss goes to VP of sales. VP of sales goes to marketing and says, you need to get this, right? And so if you are a BDR, an account executive, and you want to get some inside information on how to compete in the marketplace and in whatever category your business is in, go to G2 Crowd go to the product that you have and say claim this profile or contact you know g2 crowd and then we'll put you in touch with the account executive and the account executive will be able to share some information i think will be probably really interesting we'll be able to tell you which ones of your target accounts are on g2 crowd what their behavior is like who else they're considering in this buying cycle right and all of these things so I highly recommend that nice. if you're a sales rep and want to leg up on the competition, that you engage with the account executive that manages your uh, profile. It will feed you a ton of great information. So in the yeah. hopes that hopefully you'll you'll get us in front of your marketing team at some point. Yeah, and I I got uh, the one my guy sent me a lead for somebody who was interested in you know sales development consulting. So you know I mean there was literally someone went to GT Crowd and was like, hey. I need some sales development consulting. And then they sent it to me. And I was like, sweet, dude. So yeah, yeah that's amazing. We have a freemium offering. So if you have a profile, we'll, we'll give you free leads. And if you're engaging with our team, we'll, we'll, we'll give you snippets of information in the hopes that you likely buy it in the end. But we'll, we'll help you close some deals just based on the buying behavior and, and based on the review data as well. If Also, if you're a salesperson and you're competing with you know, on deals, you know, go check out the other companies and run a comparison report and see like, you know, you know, let's say you're Pardot against Marketo and you can then look at like what Pardot does better to Marketo. And if you like how you look, well then ask your marketing team to purchase that report, but then, or bring people to the site, your prospects to the site and then say, Hey, look at this. It's not legal to take screenshots and put it in your sales 
presentations, unfortunately. So please don't, but you can bring people to our site all you want or ask your marketing team to, to get access to purchasing it so that you can use it outside of G2, the website. Got it. And, and I mean, this like, you know, for folks listening, I mean, this is, this is such a, a best kept secret. I mean, I know that you're, you guys are out there like pound on the pavement to get the word out on this. But the thing is, if you look at it, like most BDRs and SDRs are contacting people who are not in, in, in market. They're just randomly spraying out millions of emails about their product and they're, they're having less and less returns on that, that spray and pray method. So if you can have this, this intelligence that's available out there that gives you an edge on your competition, I think you'd be crazy not to use it. So that's, well, thanks. <laughs> I'm right? also big on social, right? Yeah. We do a lot of social selling here. So, you know, create a Twitter account, tweet at, you know, your, your prospects, tweet at your, your, you know, decision makers, craft good messages and use sales navigator if your, your company pays for it. We also do a lot of videos now. So we, we purchased the software and this, this was actually done by my sales team. They wanted to send videos to people because explaining buyer intent in an email is really hard. But yeah. if you visually show it to them, it takes like 40 seconds and they're like, holy cow, these companies are researching me and here's their behavior. So now what we do is we send a lot of videos. So we show the face of the BDR and then we show the you know, or the account executive and then we have a screen share basically inside. It's embedded inside the uh, inside the email and say, watch this video. And it's like 45 seconds a minute and their conversion rates are so much better because we're able to deliver messaging visually, what would take a 30 minute email now it takes, you know, two minutes to do in a video. And do you guys, I don't know if you would know this, but do, do the videos pass through, you know, the spam filter on the other end, as far as like the deliverability is okay? Because yeah. I, yeah, I would think that, you know, they would get blocked out or there'd be some spam thing of, if you're trying to send somebody a video. Well, we don't do mass videos, right? So it's not okay. like we're putting it in cadence and like we do one video that we spam to 20 or 100 or 1,000 people. It's individual videos. I got you. So, so, so you, we, just engage, we just engage with somebody. What's kind of cool is uh, Lars at Cloudera, he was engaging in a forum on LinkedIn and he just mentioned like the way G2 Crowd is, is selling through video is, is great. And I was like, oh, that's amazing, right? To have somebody like Lars to you know, reference us on LinkedIn saying that the way that our sales team is using video is very effective. Dude, you just remind, I mean, that guy, like he's literally brought up on almost every podcast. And <laughs> I, I quoted him in the opening remarks at the conference. Like it, it was a huge quote of him and he's never been on the podcast. So I, I'm after this, I'm going to call him and get him on here. Because okay. yeah, he's he's a legend in our in our he time. Is. Yeah, in, in the Bay Area for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, my bad. Should. Yeah, no yeah. worries. Well, if you if I can help as well, push him to join your podcast. Let me know. Be happy nice. to help. Well, dude, this has been amazing. I mean, I think that just all your advice and uh, the way that that you've been able to run your team there, and then learning more about what you guys are doing has been great. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and um, my yeah, I look forward to working with you guys. Okay. Thanks, David. Hope everyone has a good day. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. 
If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.